How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. Also now in Atlanta, Georgia. Actually, you've been in Atlanta, Georgia for a little while. I'm joined on Tuesday, July 26th by Ben Gorowitz. Ben, say what's up to the people, man. Yeah, hope everyone's doing well. I'm excited to talk some uh, Pac-12. We don't have the hashtag Pac-12 after dark anymore, though. No way. They got rid of that? Well, maybe we still have it. I feel like I didn't, I didn't watch much Pac-12 after dark last year. Yeah, unfortunately, my uh, degeneracy led to me watching some Pac-12 after dark. You know, there's nothing like a long Saturday where you're just going to go bat it out, out with two bum teams from the Pac-12 late night. You know, they're, 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 that's really just a staple in college football betting in general. Although I was kind of a fan of the SEC game starting at 9 p.m. as well. That kind of gave, you know, a little bit more options, which was nice as well. But um, yeah, guys, we're going to do another college football preview here. So we're going to do the Pac-12. We'll also have NFL coming up later this week as well. But first thing I think that needs to be noted is the Pac-12 actually did away with divisions this year. Um, I thought, so each team's playing nine conference games, so that's quite a good bit of conference games. The most teams will have an opportunity to play everybody. Um, I just want to go ahead and warn all the Arizona and Colorado fans I know that are tuning into this podcast. We uh, <laughs> don't have anything for your teams. Like we said, if you, I mean, if your team has a win total of two and a half or three and a half, I'm really not going to spend my time doing much preparation for your team this season. Um, I will say I don't hate Arizona going over their win total, but um, definitely not betting that one either as it's juiced, I think, to like minus 150. But, Ben, there's a lot of places we can start things out within the Pac-12. Let's start things out, though, with the reigning conference champions, the Utah Utes here. Utah currently returns this season. Um, Let me pull it up right now. They currently have – are uh, 58th in returning talent, 71% on offense, 61% on defense. Notable losses, Devin Lloyd, obviously, linebacker of the NFL. They lost some guys on the line as well. But, Ben, I think this Utah team is absolutely stacked up. I will go ahead and say this for everyone tuning in the podcast. You're going to get it for free. I did take them going over eight and a half wins as my five-unit uh, college football uh, best bet of the, of the season. And, look, the reason why I think this is going to happen, guys, when you look at the schedule – it's one that I think is pretty favorable for this Utah team. The first thing I do want to say is don't take wrongly them getting, I mean, they played, first of all, they played a great game against Ohio state in that bowl game, but they actually had a running back playing in their secondary. Their secondary was that depleted, but the offense was able to hang. They have two monster running backs along with cam rising, coming back at quarterback. If he was their quarterback start the season off, who knows they might've even been able to go to the college football playoff. They do open the season at Florida. I do chalk that one up as a loss. Then after that, they are um, only other tough games are at U- UCLA. They get USC at home and at Oregon the second to last week of the season. Ultimately, I think this team maybe is a, is a one to two loss team and will have a chance to play in the Pac-12 championship. At the end of the day, I only see three losable games for them on their schedule, which means I think we easily get to nine wins and go over the total. But Ben, the main reason why I like this team is I just feel like they've been building something in Utah, you know, the last couple of years. I feel like they've really gone – it goes back to actually when we first started doing this podcast and we were talking about Sac Lake City. You know, they had that team that lost to Oregon in the conference championship game, and they had one loss to um, USC in the regular season as we thought they could go to the Pac-12 championship. But this team's really been building something. This defense to be nasty. They probably have the best – they have a top five secondary in all of college football. They have a great defensive line. The linebacking core will be a little thin, but they brought in a four-star transfer – 
and they also bring in a like another four-star recruit as well so they totally reloaded that and look I think this is just one of those teams where that every single year you know that they that they just rebuild and they just retool the entire team Utah has been a solid program for a long time I mean they do have a big game in the holy war this year against uh, BYU but I think they'll be able to handle business as BYU is gonna be pretty good but I like this Utah team to go over and I think they come back and win the Pac-12 again yeah, I like their win total over. Uh, I like their chances to win the Pac-12 again. I, you can let me know if you think this is a bold statement or not. I think Utah's got the most stable quarterback in the conference now. Absolutely, I didn't say the most. I didn't say the most talented, but they have the most stable. I think you already know what you you're going to get out of Cam Rising. Um, I think we know Caleb Williams is this otherworldly talent with his arm, um, but. He may have more talent, but his decision-making is not going to be what's, what Cam Rising could do or what he's shown already. And you brought up the Ohio State Rose Bowl. So everyone really only talks about what Jackson Smith and Jigba did, you know, setting all these records. Utah lost that game by three points. Yep. And their third-string quarterback, I believe, ended up finishing the game because I believe Cam Rising got hurt in the game. Yeah, he did. Um, so I think they got a lot going for them. Uh, Utah led the Pac-12 conference in um scoring 37.3 points a game and yards per play 6.6 last year they got all i think you said 71 percent of their offense is coming back i think that's huge for mm -hmm. those numbers to try to rinse and repeat that i think they have the toughest home atmosphere in the pac-12 as well i think we'll see what usc brings to the table because the usc should start to sell back uh sell out games once again with lincoln riley and company but Oregon's not easy to play, but when you play a night game at Utah, it's different. They don't lose at home very often. Um, I think Utah's got a very good chance to um, win this conference. I think Florida, I love the test. I love that they're testing themselves mm -hmm. in the swamp week one. Um, I believe Utah's favored in that game. I believe so. At least yeah, right now, obviously, it, it could change. I think Utah's the better team. You, Florida's got a lot of uncertainty and a lot of different positions. Um, if they get past that, uh, you're gonna all you're gonna hear it's gonna be week one. All you're gonna hear is how they're a playoff contender. Just because playing in the swamp is not easy. If if you can win in the swamp, you can win in Eugene, Oregon. I like that they have USC at home, so I like this Utah team a lot, and I like that win total. You said eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it, it feels like Vegas, you know, is kind of honestly disrespecting them and overlooking them because Oregon and UCLA both have higher win totals. But at the same time, basically every single team is at, is at two to one to win the conference between those three of them, between Oregon, USC, and Utah. And I honestly think a decent bet, too, is Utah at plus 500 to make the college football playoff. Um, I'm going to decide actually a little closer to that Florida game if I think they're going to win the game or not. Because, I mean, if they win that game, that'll probably go to like – plus 300 you know what I mean but if they lose the game that'll probably go up a ton but I mean they can still easily get in as a one loss you know like they're a conference champion with a one loss I mean it's they're gonna have a chance to get into it we'll get into that though more on the uh overall general pod anything else on Utah before we keep going now we can keep moving yeah, let's keep crushing here. We're going to start out with the big dogs in the conference, and then we'll go to the uh, dregs of the Pac-12 after that, keeping things moving in the right direction. We'll go to the uh, who won the North Division champions last year, the Oregon Ducks. Oregon has a change at head coach as Mario Cristobal is out. Dan Lanning is now the head coach coming over from Georgia. The, he was defensive coordinator there, right? And then they Yeah, also, defense coordinator and linebacker coach, yeah. 
Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on top of that, they have a All-American Noah Sewell, who people are they're saying he's the next Mika Parsons. I don't know about that, but he is a damn good player. They bring in Bo Nix from Auburn, just to name the few of the guys. They don't have uh, Michael Dye or I can't remember the other running back's name right now, but they had two running backs that were there for a long time. Both those guys are gone now. Ben, what do you think about this Oregon Ducks football team? So first, uh, you know, Noah Sewell, he's a stud. And I'm looking to see – he's been good for two years now. I'm looking to see how – much better he gets, how much he can elevate his game playing under Dan Lanning. Because, like I said, he was not only the defensive coordinator, Georgia, the linebacker coach, and Georgia's produced a whole bunch of linebackers um, since Dan Lanning was there just as an assistant, even before he came mm-hmm. as the D coordinator as well. So, listen, they lose three secondary members. I don't think that's easy to replace. Um, you know, if if we still had the division split, it wouldn't be a problem because they would win this side pretty easily, in my opinion. But let's focus on what they do have coming back. They have 14 starters coming back. They have all five offensive linemen coming back. You know me. I love when you have offensive line continuity. And they get a massive upgrade at quarterback because Anthony Brown, just I was not a huge fan of him. I know that they Same. beat Ohio State at home last year, and Anthony Brown played pretty well in that game. But I think Bo Nix or even Ty Thompson, who we haven't seen play, has got to be better than Anthony Brown. They do get UCLA and Utah at home, so that's huge. And they avoid USC um, on the schedule. So, listen, I think that obviously helps them. Um, But even though you have Utah at home, I don't think that's an easy game. So, uh, Oregon, I think Oregon could, you know, have anywhere between two to three conference losses this year. I think they're right up there with uh, Utah contending – I think they're one and two in the Pac-12 in terms of winning the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, they do start at the season tough playing at Georgia, but I give them a little credit for playing that game. You know, if they win out and lose that game to Georgia, I think that they can for sure get into the get into the uh, college football playoff. Their win total is currently set at nine. I per, I think they probably end up pushing that and go nine and three on the campaign. By the way, also, they do have Michael Dye, or Travis Dye still returns as their leading rusher, but it's C.J. Verdell who is not there anymore. He was the one I couldn't I believe- think of. I think Travis died transferred to USC. Oh, you might actually be right about that. I'm I'm misreporting again. Um I, yes, I believe he transferred to USC. Yes, Travis Dye did transfer to USC. There we go. So third time, third time's a charm. We finally got it right. Thank you for correcting me on that one, Ben. Um anyway though. I actually think this Oregon team's going to be pretty damn good. I think the defense will be really good, but on top of that, I actually think Bo Nix, I mean, look, Bo Nix had some throw some flashes in the SEC. I would have never guessed this, but Bo Nix was the second most accurate QB in all of college football last year on intermediate throws. And, I mean, this Oregon roster is loaded with talent. They've had a ton of good recruiting classes, so it's not like the cupboard's bare. They, bring, they have, still have some playmakers, a wide receiver. They're going to have young playmakers at running back. Bo Nix can run the ball, too. I think this Oregon team should be pretty successful. I think nine and three is a reasonable season for them. They do get a uh, Washington and Utah at home, which is big time for them. They, I mean, Utah, they've spoiled Utah's season a couple of times in the past. Utah kind of spoiled their undefeated season last year. This might be the chance for Oregon to get their revenge on that. I actually think Oregon might've got upset the week before that is like 21 point favorites, but anyway, but Utah's spoiled their season and they've spoiled theirs. It's always a revenge game when those two teams face off against each other. I think the Oregon Ducks it wasn't be- close. It wasn't close in the Pac-12 championship either. No, it wasn't. And it wasn't when they played in the regular season either. Remember that Utah took like a punt back, had like a pick. Yeah, Utah just annihilated them. But like you said, Anthony Brown was not a good quarterback. Bo Nix a huge upgrade. Also to their offensive coordinator, recruited Bo Nix to Auburn. So he should be able to fit right in in that offense they're going to run. I think Oregon is – I've, I actually – 
have going to have Oregon. And you know what? I'm going to go Oregon finishing second in the conference. I think they're going to lose to Utah. I think you have in Utah. I have second. Split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I that they, I think they'll beat them in the regular season and then lose to them in the uh, conference championship game. So I'm going to go. I'm going to say they split. I'm going to say Utah loses two games. Oregon loses three. Um, next team up on here, Ben. Let's go ahead and talk about them. We've been teasing them long enough. Let's talk about the USC Trojans here. USC obviously huge change. USC this. Uh, Trojan team brings in head coach Lincoln Riley comes from Oklahoma. He brings along with him, Caleb Williams. He brings along Jordan Addison, who is the Blitnikoff award winner transfers in from Pittsburgh. Um, on top of that, they bring in a ton of new transfers on defense as well from a defense that was second Alex Grinch. Than, yeah. They bring in Alex Grinch from Oklahoma. Um, let's just start out talking about him here real quick. I actually love Alex Grinch. I mean, think about how bad the Oklahoma defense was, Ben. We talked about it a million times out of how if Oklahoma had a defense, they'd be the best team in there. I mean, when last year, that was the strength of the team was the defense, all thanks to Alex Grinch. Alex Grinch is originally from Washington State and did the same thing, too, where he changed the defense there. He knows how to defend against these teams, like to spread it out. He knows how to build a Pac-12 defense. I think Alex Grinch is going to be a key to making this USC team better. Their win total is at nine. I think they stay exactly at what that win total is at, at nine games as well. I think it will push. Um I like this offense a lot, but like you kind of said about Caleb Williams, Ben, the talent's all there, but let's not pretend that he didn't get benched for Spencer Rattler to go back in in some games. Caleb Williams definitely has some struggles and show that he's a freshman. He's a sophomore. He should be smarter here. I think Lincoln Riley and co figured out they just have way too much talent out there not to win nine games. I don't see them getting 10 wins, though. But, hey, this USC team has one loss. You know for a fact they're going to want to put him in the college football playoff. I think it's going to be a good, fun year. I think USC is close to being back because they finally got the head coaching um, higher right. Yeah, I, I'm not going to bet it myself, but uh, I, I think I would really look at the under and the win total, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I, it's nothing against Lincoln Riley in the talent that he brought in. He brought in a lot of talent. They four offensive linemen coming back, and they might have one of the best receiving rooms uh, in college football, to be honest with you, and that's with or without Jordan Addison. But listen, they go to road trips to Oregon State. I don't think that's easy. They lost Oregon State last year. They go to Utah. Uh, they also go to UCLA. And they have Notre Dame coming into the Coliseum. That Notre Dame game ain't easy. Notre Dame can yeah. win that game on the road. That's another talented team. And I think Marcus Freeman is getting a lot of hype and deservingly. So he's Absolutely. recruiting like crazy for the for the uh, next class as well. So listen, I they could lose two out of those four games, um, in my opinion. And that's already two losses on the schedule. I think USC just loses a game they're not supposed to this year. I don't know who that's going to be too, but I, I, I feel like I can easily see three losses. And then if you're going to take the under, all you need is one more. So um, I, listen, I think they get anywhere between eight and nine wins this year. I, I think they have a, I think they have a solid year. I don't think they're competing for a college football playoff position, but um, I, I think the USC transfer Trojans, uh, I think they're going to have a solid year under Lincoln Riley year one, but listen, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not like in love with Caleb Williams by any means. Same here. No, he's I, really, think him, I think he's really talented. But Same. I think he's got a lot of work left to do and a lot of proving left to do. Um, let's keep talking about the top teams in the conference. We'll go next to the UCLA Bruins, a team that a lot of people want to see back. They pulled off that huge upset win to start the season off over um, LSU, LSU and got a lot of hype. Yeah, to start the season off last year. They play a pretty easy out-of-conference schedule. They open with Bowling Green, Alabama State, and um, the University of South Alabama. They really love those Alabama directional schools traveling out to California. Um, but anyway – 
UCLA guys will not have their team back because they have 61% of the offense coming back, 57% of the defense. That ranks 94th in all of college football, which is not a good sign. They lose three of their top offensive linemen. They lose their top wide receivers. And they have, as you can see by the 57%, they lost a lot of the defense from last year, including most of their top tacklers. They do have two defensive ends who are transferring, brothers transferring from North Texas. Everyone's pretty hype about. Overall, DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson will still be quarterback. People are, you know, kind of comparing him to Kenny Pickett, how he's a guy who feels like he's been playing in college football ever since. I mean, shit, he feels like he's been playing college football since I've been in college. I've been out of college for over four years now. So. I mean, that says it all right there for how long it feels like he's been in college. Um, ben, what do you think about UCLA this season? It's pretty simple. So they just had the best year that Chip Kelly's had, and that was 8-4 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, as you as you mentioned, they had a decent amount of turnover. So I'm just kind of curious if Chip Kelly can go back-to-back years of acquiring some big wins. He got the win over USC. He plays Oregon this year in a crossover, or what used to be called a crossover play. And he gets Utah and USC in the Rose Bowl, uh, which is obviously considered the home of UCLA. So Whoa, 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 get- whoa, whoa. I don't want to stop you, but I know you saw that picture that I saw on Twitter of all the of how there was literally no UCLA fans at the game. I don't even know if we can call that home field at this point. This is true. This is true. Um, but it's considered a home game on the schedule. <laughs> um, listen, if they can get one of those, you know, Oregon, UCLA, or I'm sorry, Oregon, USC, or Utah, I think Chip Kelly can continue to keep his job. I don't really consider him on the hot seat just yet. Um, UCLA, I feel like just had so much turnover. Like, try to stick it out with Chip Kelly for a little bit longer. That would be my opinion. Um, I agree with you. I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson's been there. I think he's, he's getting close to the Perry Ellis of college football to me. Um, it's just, you know, I think, I think they can get back to the eight win mark, but I think it's not going to be easy. Obviously they should probably go undefeated in the non-conference play. So get one of the wins out of Utah, USC and Oregon. I think Chip Kelly can have another decent year with another big win on his resume. Well, I can guarantee you this, Ben, they'll definitely go bowling as they get Bowling Green, Alabama state. Like I said, um, university of South Alabama, then they get Colorado they have to play at Colorado, and they get Arizona all at home. That's five easy wins. If you can't win one more game on your schedule, that is just downright pathetic. This team should win. I'm saying seven wins. for the, I see seven to eight wins for them just because of how easy yeah. the non-conference is. But ultimately, I don't think this team is going to beat Oregon. I don't think they're going to beat USC. Maybe they beat USC, but I don't think they'll beat USC. I definitely don't think they're beating Utah. Um, I also don't think they're going to beat uh, – they get to avoid Washington State, which is nice, but I also don't see them beat – I feel like they're going to definitely lose to like Cal or Stanford or Washington or somebody like that they'll definitely drop another one in there so you know I think this team will be solid but I don't think they'll be any kind of real contender yeah I remember when DTR almost was getting like Kyler Murray just because he's short he's really quick on his feet it's he he ain't Kyler Murray no he's definitely not Kyler Murray um Next team up here, we'll talk about the team who came in second in the North Division last year. That would be the Washington um, State um, Cougars. And currently for Washington State, they bring back a decent bit of the team that they had last year. They actually – so this is the most interesting part about Washington State right here, Ben. Their um, upcoming quarterback is going to is a transfer. His name is Cameron Ward. If he came from Incarnate Word, he was the um, play conference player of the year last year. So their offense actually only brings back thirty two percent, but they bring back seventy two percent of their defense, which is the best defense or the second best defense in the Pac twelve. Only to Oregon last year, they actually outranked Utah and like basically some stupid stats outranked them over Utah, even though they weren't actually better than them on paper on the field. You know what I mean? But um, 
I think this team's going to be feisty. You know, last year they had a lot of uh, a lot of things to overcome. They ended up having the interim head coach stick it out. They had Nick Rolovich, their head coach, refused to get vaccinated, which caused a ton of drama. I think the fact that they are able to play through all of that drama, all that drama, and end up making a bowl game, even though they lost their bowl game to like an F or to a uh, like. Um, to a Mac team, I still think that it was Central Michigan beat them. I still think that this team is going to be good. I think that they're probably going to be like a seven and five, eight and four type team. And I think that they'll give some of these better teams some trouble. I wouldn't be shocked to see like an Oregon or somebody like that drop one to them that they shouldn't drop. But ultimately, though, for Washington State, I see eight, I see seven to eight wins for them this season. I think they should be a competitive team. Yeah, I mean, they they had the most chaotic season by far of anyone last season with coaches leaving slash getting fired players getting kicked off the team or not being able to travel to road games. Um, you mentioned their defense and just a quick stat. So they give up five and a half yards per play um, last season, which is pretty solid. It's not bad. It's pretty solid. The 2020 season, they were giving up 6.7 yards per play. So much better last year. You mentioned 70 plus percent coming back on defense. I think they can improve on that even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see what the offense can do. I'm excited to watch this quarterback put up yeah. so many yards and at uh, his old school. So incarnate, I'm Word. excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I didn't even realize incarnate Word even played football. I kind of have seen them a couple times, you know, on college basketball schedules, but I never even heard them playing football. But yeah, he's it's actually incarnate the Word almost sounds like the school, like the fake school on ESPN that played IMG. That's kind of what. It sounds like when you play the FCS teams on NCAA football and they just like make up the names since they don't actually have FCS teams in there. That's really what it sounds like. But yeah, no, it is pretty funny to see them in there and whatnot. Um, Next team up here, let's talk about the Washington Huskies. Washington Huskies, Ben, were unfortunately a team that I came on here and said would have a great season and vastly underperformed. Yeah. Luckily, though, now they have a lot of turnover. They bring in the Indiana head coach. His name's leaving me at the moment. Um, they also bring in Michael Penix Jr. as a transfer, not to mention that also on top of all that, they don't have all the BS that they dealt with last year. It felt like that they had a lot of just like, just like, I don't, I don't even know. Jimmy Lake, I felt like just brought a lot of drama and just like toxic locker room. I guess that's the word I'm looking for into Washington. I feel like they're kind of past all that. I mean, this team was talented last year. They bring back 81% of their offense, 67% of their defense. That's good for 36th in all of college football. I actually don't think Michael Penix, though, is going to be their starting quarterback. So they have a four-star who is the highest recruit in the history of the program. Um, Dylan Moore, who got it, got a good bit of playing time last year. I think that he will end up being the starting quarterback again this year. I think he'll beat out Penix, even though he comes over as head coach from Indiana. I was never really impressed with Penix. I felt like a lot of it was chuck it up and let Ty Freifogel make a play to make him look good. Um, but ultimately, though, I think this team will be competitive, Washington. But at the end of the day, when I look over at their schedule, I mean, they still have to play a pretty tough Pac-12 schedule. They play Michigan State in a in a uh, out-of-conference game. I mean, they still have to play at UCLA. Um, they have to play at Oregon. They do end up avoiding Utah and USC. But I I also feel like they at Washington State last game of the season. That's one they're not going to win. I see four, five losses probably on here. I think seven and five is probably what they end up at. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they finished kind of middle of the pack. Listen, their offense was tough to watch at times. Um, That's I generous. I didn't hate. Yeah, I didn't hate Michael Penix Jr. at Indiana as much. As you might have, uh, he can run a lot. He just had that nasty yeah. um, leg injury, and obviously he's a lefty, so I like him. They also have, like, former four-star recruit Sam, like, H-U-A-R-D Hurd. Or yeah, Howard. I know you're talking about. So they got, they got some talented quarterbacks in their room. 
Um, we'll kind of see how they mix and match if they do mix and match at all. Listen, they finished first in the league on in, in total defense last year. I, I know that's surprising with with Utah being such a good defense team, but or I'm sorry, first in the league in um, defense against the pass. Their their opposing pass defense was first in the league last yeah. year. That that's pretty on par for what Washington does. They've put um, I feel like they've put a thousand corners and safeties in the league um, from when Peterson started to to even after he left. So if they can just kind of create some turnovers, force some turnovers again, they could they can be possibly upset a team. But um, I, I think the offense will still be a struggle for them in the coach's first year, and I think they finish kind of middle of the back once again. Yeah, no, I agree with you on all of that. Um, let's talk about another team who, I mean, let's be honest, guys. We don't need to talk about too many more of these teams left here in the Pac-12, um, but we'll touch on the Cal Bears here real quick. Ben, Cal finished 5-7 and seven last year, and look, I'm not going to lie. I think this team is going to be absolute trash. Um, they were plus 10 in turnovers, but only won five games. Their quarterback, Chase Garber, is in the NFL now. He's a backup, I want to say, on either the Jags or the Raiders, like a fourth string. He's going to be fighting for a roster spot. He's on one of those two teams, though, I know for a fact. Um, but they bring in Jake Plummer from uh, the quarterback who was playing last year, or Jack Plummer, who was playing quarterback last <laughs> year for Purdue. He transfers in here. Um, look, it's going to be bad. They scored three points on Arizona last year and lost to them. That was Arizona's first win in conference play in, th- in two seasons. That is bad. Yeah. And they're plus 10 in turnovers. This team is going to be terrible. I think four wins are generous. Yeah, so like you mentioned, they were second in scoring defense last year, uh, only giving up around 20 points per game, and tied for first in yards per play uh, with you know five, five yards uh, per play. The problem is they only returned seven starters, I looked up. Ooh. So those stats are both completely out the window. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was cool to mention them, but uh, yeah, uh, I don't think they're going to have that good of a year. Yeah, that's going to be a tough team there. Um, and they lost Sunny Dykes. Yes, they did. They did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this team is going to be looking tough. Um, other team, too, we just want to touch on here real quick. Stanford was three and nine last year. Um, Stanford, David, was, oh, David Shaw's program is falling off the map. That's what I was about to say. David Shaw, how much longer can he hang out, hang out there? Look, Tanner McKee, people are talking about him being a big time NFL prospect. I just looked at strength of schedule. They have the seventh hardest schedule in all of college football. 11 out of their 12 yeah. games are against, against power five opponents. So like literally they have like, seems to be bad. Let's put it that way. They were 127th in defensive success last year. I think there's only 133 teams that are considered bowl that are playing the college football in the bowl um, division. So they were literally the fifth, they were the fifth worst defense in all of college football last year. This defense is absolutely garbage. David Shaw. I mean, how much longer is he going to hang? I guess they don't, let's be honest, Ben, they don't even care about athletics at Stanford. All they care about is (laughs) academics. So like, as long as they don't have to fire David Shaw and pay him out to not coach, he'll keep coaching. Yeah, so you mentioned the schedule. So they have USC at home, they have UCLA on the road, Utah on the road, and then non-conference matchups versus BYU and Notre Dame. So yeah, that's good luck. that's BYU, really tough. BYU is a t- is a team that went ten and two that brings back like their entire team. So good luck. Yeah, um, they do return all five offensive linemen for whatever that's worth, and they do have a, a receiver that we'll hear in, in um, next year's NFL draft. I think Michael Wilson, I believe his name is. So that's something to look forward to. He he probably will be up there. Um, because I think Stanford should just throw him the ball every single time, <laughs> um, you know, especially in the red zone. So that's 
pretty much all I got on Stanford. Uh, I do want to touch on Oregon State. Okay. So Oregon State is was the number one betting team for underdogs last season in all of college football. They were tremendous. Uh, they were one of the most surprising teams in, in uh, 2021. They were actually very good. They gave Oregon a fight in the Civil War. I believe they beat USC, but you may have to double check me on that. For some reason, I feel like Oregon State beat USC last year, but like I said, I might be wrong. They led the Pac-12 in yards per play last season. They returned their quarterback, Chance Nolan. Listen, if they can continue to move the ball, they could have back-to-back really good seasons. And a really good season for them is seven or more wins. I think they can get to seven or more wins. So, um, you have the schedule pulled up? Yeah, I do. They um, did not – or they did beat USC 45-27. Yeah. I remember watching the game, and I think they ran about 13 jet – or reverse jet sweeps, or just the jet sweep. They were in a, uh, a, a single back formation. And they would like fake a pitch to the running back to the left and hand it to a receiver to the right. And then they would just do a normal jet sweep. And then the jet sweep pass. Sometimes they were all over USC with the trick plays and they kept running them because they kept working. If you, if you could pull up the box score for that game. I was about to give it to you right here. So BJ do, you, do you have the, do you have yeah. the rushing yards that they um, have? I don't have the exact rushing yards, but B.J. Baylor, their running back who now is playing on the Green Bay Packers, ran for 158 yards in that game. And their total rush yards in that game, oh, they ran for 322 yeah. yards. Dude, I, re- I remember watching. It was one of the late games. And I remember looking at my phone and I was like, oh, this is like a really good game. Let me turn it on. And they just ran a million jet sweeps and it worked every time. USC couldn't figure it out. Listen, you can't take them lightly anymore. Their quarterback was really good last year in terms of, you know, Oregon State football and Pac-12 standards. He did not turn the ball over. They knew what their strengths were. And like I said, they led the Pac-12 in yards per play. So I think they can be a surprising team. If we were keeping the divisions, I would have been finishing second behind Oregon in the North Division. I think they finished around fourth in the entire Pac-12. So I think they could have another good year. And uh, I, I, their coach is, is obviously going to be – um, you know, one of the up for the Pac-12 coach of the year, just one of the best young coaches in football because had a good year last year. You back it up again, and this program can kind of start running. Yeah, no, I think that I'd have them at fifth. I would just put Washington State ahead of them. But no, I think they'll be solid. I think they'll definitely be a bull-eligible program. Ben hit all the big details on them. Um, last team up here before we get out of here, Arizona State, the Sun Devils. Quarterback Jaden Daniels, who was a five-star, transferred out. He's now at LSU. Um, I think the team is pretty happy with that. This team returned 77% of the offense, 71% of the defense. All the wide receivers that were gone. Look, Ben, I think these numbers are complete BS, though. Let's talk about Arizona State here real quick. I think everything is unraveled at the hip with all the allegations and stuff. I think that if Herm Edwards wasn't the name Herm Edwards, he would have already been fired and out of there. I feel like this team is a complete dumpster fire. Me and you, the last two seasons, really the last three seasons, have had high expectations for this team, and they haven't been able to play up to them. I think that this team still can win six games, but – maybe less than six games, but I think at the end of the day, this team is falling apart, and I think we'll see the complete unraveling of them this season. Yeah, I don't even know if they can go to a bowl game. I think – I don't, I believe they can't well, um, because of the investigation, or maybe they're just taking scholarships away. I, they're in, like – they were in, like, pretty serious waters, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, their defensive coordinator, it's another name people are going to recognize, Antonio Pierce, the former linebacker. Yep. In the NFL, he's there. Listen, Arizona State's defense was actually pretty good last year. So mm-hmm. returning 70% was 
We'll see if they can. We'll see what they can do. They love the blitz. If your quarterback is scared against the blitz, they might turn you over a lot. Um, but yeah, I don't have a ton of high expectations for this team, and I really don't have much to add. Yeah, no, I just think that this team is going to do the exact same crap that we've seen them do the last couple of years. I don't think anything's really going to change. I think it's going to be another, you know, like six and six. They have cool year. uniforms. They do have very cool uniforms. The Sun Devils are fresh. They definitely keep it fresh down there. In Arizona. Um, Ben, anything else you want to add on the Pac-12, man? Uh, yeah, we got to go over uh, who's your conference championship and who's your, I guess, who's your winner, if you wanted to disclose that. Yeah, no, my conference championship, I'm going to go Arizona – or what am I saying? I'm going with Utah over Oregon. I think these teams split, split with Oregon actually pulling the upset in the regular season. I think Utah gets the revenge. I have Utah – losing two games on the campaign this year. I don't know if that'll keep them out of the college football playoff or not, but that's what I think ends up happening here. What about you, Ben? I have the same thing. Utah over Oregon and real quick, your conference player of the year. Cam rising. I also think cam rising could potentially be a Heisman finalist. Yeah. Um, just to go different. Cause I think cam rising could also do it. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to switch it up. I'm not going to go quarterback. I'm going to go Jordan Addison. I think if he's really that good of a, of a prospect that we saw last year, it wasn't a fluke. He's gone from one talented quarterback to another. I think he can kind of do it again. I know there's a lot of competition at USC, but we'll see what kind of promises were, were made to him. I would imagine he should get plenty of targets at USC. I mean, he ain't going there to be a wide receiver three. I don't care how talented their room is, so – I'll mix it up. I think Cam Rising is a good choice. I'll go Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison is going to be a top 10 pick in next year's NFL draft. That's always a great choice when you pick a guy who's that talented. You just get him the ball. He's going to get it. He's always open. Um, ben, it's been a pleasure once again, man. We'll be back on here again discussing the AFC South, and then we'll keep it rolling again next week with more podcasts. Um, we appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.